Welcome to Mountain Talk Monday. I'm your host, Kelly Haywood. Today's show was recorded on the Cumberland campus of Southeast Community and Technical College during the Swappen meeting and the Black Bear Festival. I'm speaking with Austin Rutherford, a Harlan County native and resident who is seeing some success chasing his dream of working in the film industry. Let's jump right into the conversation. Austin Rutherford. I'm 23 years old, born in Harlan County, and I've lived in Benham my whole life. I work in the film industry. I'm like a production assistant. That can be a number of things. There's different production assistant positions, kind of depending on what type of field you want to go into. But I've, I've been a co-director for the Higher Ground Theater Project here at Southeast Community College for I've been attached to the project for about five years, and I started as a volunteer community member as an actor and then kind of worked my way up to assistant director and then co-director. And so I've been attached to that for five years, and now I'm working in the film industry. When did you get interested in going from theater to film? Because that's two very different situations. I feel like I kind of got into filmmaking first. What had happened was like when I was younger, I kind of got picked on some and like I felt like I didn't really fit in with kind of the people that lived around me. And so I found myself staying inside a lot. And obviously when you're a kid and you stay inside 24-7, you get pretty darn bored. And so I just started kind of watching movies to pass the time. And for a while, that's all it was for is just the past time but then I kind of just found myself being really interested in like kind of the way that these moving pictures can affect people and kind of how you can feel things from movies and that sort of thing and then after a certain point it almost kind of became an escape for me kind of like if something was wrong or something was bothering me then I could just watch a movie and kind of like almost worry about somebody else's stuff for a while and so that helped me a lot, but then I really started, you know, kind of getting into how they were made and sort of what all went into making them happen, and I started watching a bunch of behind-the-scenes stuff. You know, I would buy DVDs and sometimes not even watch the actual movie first. I'd just jump straight to the bonus features and kind of see how they were made and see, you know, what all went into them, and then I just became obsessed with it and really, really, really wanted to do it, and... It was tough, you know, because when I first started, it's like, with the exception of Apple Shop and the AMI program, there's not a whole lot of film stuff happening in Appalachia, you know, and now there's Mountain Tech Media and that kind of thing, but it's like, you know, around that time, I was probably in middle school going into high school, and that was long before I even knew about AMI or anything like that, had no clue Apple Shop even existed. I was determined, you know, I was like, I'm, I want to do this, and I know this is what I want to do, but I got a lot of backlash at first, because obviously once I got into high school, you know, you hit that point when you're in high school where you really got to start kind of figuring out what you want to do and that kind of thing, and I was just kind of like, well, I want to do this thing, and I'm in this place where this particular field is not really, there's not a lot happening here. I was actually at school one day, and I was in an advanced placement art class with Rhonda Robinson at Harlan County High School, and 
Robert got came in along with Robert Martin, who was our director for the third higher ground play. But they basically came in and were like, we've got this community play. You know, part of the deal is that we get members from the community to help out. There's no degree. There's no, you know, education. There's nothing to it. Just if you're into doing this, you can volunteer. You can help out. And so I kind of went up. I knew nothing about theater, and I still feel like I don't know a whole lot. I know enough. I walked up to Robert after class, and I'm like, you know, I don't really... I'm very introverted and like I'm not very social but like I'm really into film stuff and I know that it's kind of similar because it is very different but at least in terms of like making it it's similar you know the production stuff is kind of the same you got to rehearse and you got to walk out shots and that kind of thing but he's kind of like well yeah man you know come on come and help us out and you know we'll see what you can do and I told him I'm like you know I'm not very social and so I don't want to act I'm not I don't even know that I can act but I said so he agreed to let me work behind the scenes and I did but then I ended up like there was a part that somebody ended up dropping out and I ended up taking their part and then I started acting in them and I've acted in everyone since then just because I figured out that I kind of like doing it and that it's kind of therapeutic to me in a way like again it kind of helps me to like Actually, the fifth play, like, I I kind of based a lot, you know, some of the stories and stuff kind of hit close to home for me, and so I, it was therapeutic for me to do that. I really into film stuff first, and then I just kind of almost settled for theater stuff, you know, just to kind of, that was my closest, you know, option, I felt like, but then I ended up falling in love with that, too, so I try to help out with the theater stuff here still yet as much as I can. It's funny, I guess, all of us living here we have scattered opportunities and at Letcher mm-hmm. County's just over the mountain even myself I was only vaguely aware of AMI and I mm-hmm. went to school in Weisberg yeah. just getting us connected to the resources that are available to us is difficult mm-hmm. but especially when when we are interested in creative things end up having to make do yeah. some which I don't think is a bad thing at all because it opens us up to new opportunities. Like, mm-hmm. you didn't think you could act, but you found something there. I have other friends who, one does Broadway in New York. She lives in Manhattan, and she said you'd be surprised how many introverted people are actors because they mm-hmm. get to embody a different character for a while. When did you get connected to film? How did that happen? Well, I think really the start of it was probably... I'm going to go back to the play here, but I really think it's because I got involved with the play because actually what happened was that I really found that I kind of loved doing the plays and that kind of thing, and I worked very hard towards kind of, you know, helping with that and doing the best I could on my end. And, you know, like I said, I worked my way up to a co-director, which was cool Uh, you know that's been really good but it's kind of like I think a lot of what happened was that just the more I got to know Robert and that kind of thing the more he realized that I was into film and so he actually introduced me to Ada Ada Smith we were at an Appalachian Studies conference one year and Robert was just like hey man this is Ada she works at Apple Shop she helps out with the AMI program which is the Appalachian Media Institute just kind of talked shop for a little while and talked about film and that kind of thing and then we talked about she told me about this program that was you know the summer documentary institute 
that's a program that Apple Shop offers throughout the summer for kids, and they just can go and basically be taught kind of the principles of film and how to become filmmakers and that kind of thing. And it's like a two-month program, and I'm thinking the first month is like instruction, and and then the next month is application, and so that's really cool. But I think that's kind of where I got started in it at was through there. And I feel like I learned so much and just carried so much of that with me from what I learned there because it's like, I mean, I kind of, obviously by watching all that, you know, those bonus features and stuff on movies, I kind of got a feel as to at least how stuff happened. But I really kind of like feel like I made it official whenever I worked there just because it's kind of like we were physically being taught how to do everything the right way and professionally. It was good. So that's kind of where I started, I think. And then as far as like where I'm kind of the stuff I'm doing now, again, it all goes back to higher ground because the woman who was the unit production manager, which is basically she just kind of oversees everything that happens within the production office. She lives in Minnesota, but she came here and the big Hollywood movie came here to Harlan County. And some of the kind of producers and kind of the powers that be on that show came in and basically went to Brandon Pennington at the Harlan Center and was like, hey, do you know of anyone that may be interested in helping out with this movie project that we got coming? And then Brandon was kind of like, well, I don't really know of anyone right off, but I do know a group of theater people, you know, people who do theater here in our community and, you know, have been for quite some time. And so she's like, oh, yeah, that would be awesome. And then Brandon contacted me and one other person and was just like, hey, which he was being really kind of secretive about it at first. I mean, it was a big deal for our community. You know, a lot of money came into our community and a lot of, like, people came in and that kind of thing for a long time. So I guess he just kind of didn't really want to, like, make a fuss about it or seem like he was making a fuss. But he basically was like, big movies coming to town and, you know, they're looking for people to help out. And he kind of, you know, gave me the names of the people that, you know, he knew of that were working on it and that had reached out to him. And then I just looked them up and realized that everything was legit. At first, I was kind of like, I don't know. Like, I'm not sure how. I didn't think he was lying, but I just kind of, you know, I didn't really expect something that big to come in here. And so I was kind of like, oh. But then when I found out it was like the real deal, I was like, well, that's pretty cool. And then I just kind of went through the steps of like turned in a resume to the people that he had mentioned and that sort of thing. And then... I guess it just kind of happened from there. I got interviewed and then got the job as a production assistant, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's really cool. I don't know, this is a question that I think a lot of people have, but where every time I say Harlan County or Harlan, everybody's like, Justified! So how much has Justified been here? I don't know. To be honest with you, I've never even really watched it. I've watched a couple episodes, but I've not watched. And I'm not talking bad about nothing. I've just not gotten around to it. But, I mean, I don't really... If I could be wrong, but I think that they came in at some point in time and shot some stuff for the pilot. And sometimes pilot episodes don't even actually make it on TV. It's just for the studios. That's kind of where they decide whether or not they like it enough to turn it into a whole series, which obviously they did because it's got like five seasons under its belt. I don't really know in in terms of like how many times they've actually been here, the crew has been here, but 
I do know that they've kind of reached out to local people here, like historians and that kind of thing, at least within the later seasons, to make sure they've got stuff right, like make sure the show is accurate. Because obviously, it's one thing whenever you're like making a TV show about a fake town, because then you can do whatever you want, but when it's an actual place with actual people that live there, it's very important that you don't do anything that's going to like kind of hinder the way that other people look at you, especially on TV, you know, national TV, so... When you mentioned the Hollywood movie, mm -hmm. that had a much bigger impact on the community itself as far as bringing in more income for folks or yeah. being noticed by the community yeah. than something mm -hmm. like Justified, right? I think, because like I said, I've never really kept up a whole lot with Justified, and I know that it's done well. I would imagine that whenever that first started going, it had a pretty big impact too. I mean, it at least got Harlan, you know, people at least kind of became aware of what Harlan was. I do know, at least from experience with this movie, that I mean, we had a lot of crew members from different places pretty much all over the United States. We had, you know, so many people coming in and staying here. All the crew members were staying at all the hotels. It's a lot of money coming in. And then not to mention just, you know, like you said, it's there's a lot of, and I mean a lot of, like, just local job opportunities all of a sudden. Inside of our work with Higher Ground, we're really big on, like, community development and community involvement. And we're always trying to kind of find new ways to make our plays interactive and that kind of thing to where we try to give people an outlet to plug into, right? I feel like outlets are very important. And this specific place, it's like there's not many job opportunities. Coal mining was the big thing for a while. There's nothing wrong with coal mining whatsoever. It's this thing of where, like, the older generations, they did that, and that's really the only way they knew how to get by. You know, that's the only way they knew to make a living. I and mean, there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But I do feel like we're kind of in a position now to where we're maybe having to try to figure out different ways to kind of make a living because, obviously, coal mining's kind of going out, and that may not be the most kind of the best, I'm not going to say the best way, but it just may not be the easiest way to, like, sustain our community. But, you know, that being said, like, I really feel like film stuff could help a lot. Unless you're really, really interested in film, you don't really realize, like, what all goes into it. I've talked with some people before who, like, didn't even realize that every single time the angle is different in a movie that the camera's in a completely different spot, and that's like a two-and-a-half-hour setup every time. I mean, just depending on how big you're going, but if it's a bigger movie, you know, that's there's a whole team moving that camera every single time it's a different angle, you know. But anyway, it's like there's just so much stuff that goes into making movies, and it's like there are so many job opportunities because, I mean, just for example, like we had a caterer, you know, on the movie here, and the guy that was the main caterer, he had his big food truck, and he had a bumper sticker on the back that said, Films equals jobs. And I really like that because I was like, that makes so much sense because if you're an actor or something, then obviously you have a shot at that. But if you're, say for example, you're into like math and accounting, there are accountants, there's a whole team, a whole slew of accountants on each show. Say you're into construction, somebody has to build all these sets, you know, and if you're a chef, somebody has to cook all this food for the cast and the crew every day and to me it's just like that was just like the perfect outlet for people around here and it gave people something to look forward to I think at first people were kind of apprehensive they were a little scared just because 
there seems to be kind of this thing that like a lot of people think which there has been some but it's kind of like some people think that if there's some if you're being filmed if you're filming somebody with a camera people around here automatically think you're gonna make them look bad and i think to some extent people thought that was the case with this movie but where things kind of really turned around it was like the director was very very persistent like hiring local people like he's like if you know anyone that wants to help out with this movie you tell them to contact us you have them tell us what they can do and we will find whatever is best suited for them and he was very very persistent in that i mean we got several you know emails telling us to like you know be sure to like look for people that'll help and i know there were at least probably eight or nine other guys that were local to here that got pa jobs and pa jobs are it's a production assistant and basically you're just kind of just wherever which there are multiple production assistant positions i mean there's pretty much one for each department but basically you just kind of help whoever your boss is and help to make sure that everything goes smooth and you're doing what you need to do the first time that I actually thought of it as being part of whatever our new economy might be was this morning, mm -hmm. thinking about, well, what if this happened more often? And I talked to a man yesterday who is from Detroit, and their state had gave incentives to the movie industry to mm -hmm. come there to film. Do you think if we did the same that there would be enough interest in filming here that it could be part of a new economy? I think so. I do know at least that Kentucky has pretty good film incentives as it is. Because one thing, I mean, you have a lot of people around here, especially within the younger generation, who just are kind of like, well, there's not really anything here. I want to leave and never turn back which is okay. I mean, you know, everyone's entitled to their own opinion and that kind of thing, and that's fine. But one thing I would be willing to argue that Kentucky has going for it is that, most, at least within Harlan County, I know, and most other places I've been, it's like the people around here can't be beat. Kentucky and Harlan and Whitesburg, everywhere, for the most part, not everyone, but I mean, for the most part, people will do your right, and we've got the scenery going for us i mean it's all just there's so much to look at around here and it's beautiful and i think that's appealing to people who kind of aren't from here and that kind of thing and here and we just got so much history and culture and that sort of thing and so i think that's kind of helping to draw people in and, you know not to mention too it's kind of like if this movie that i worked on over the summer you know once it's released and whatever the way that happens you know once it's released and comes out and stuff if it does well then maybe it'll make more people want to come you know so i mean i definitely think kentucky has the potential to be a place like that and i also think there are plenty of people that are interested in it it's just all kind of like getting that outlet to plug into because the ami program has been happening for a few years and i mean there's 10 to 12 interns per year and so i mean we've kind of built up a bit of a an alumni group you know and those are all people who are super into filmmaking i think that if we could really kind of like get something and really get the incentives well enough that people want to keep coming in that we'd have enough to kind of at least get people started on something when you were in ami did you make films as a group when i was in ami what we did ben spangler and jared hamilton were our directors for that for that particular year but basically what it was, there were 12 interns and 
typically what we would do is, like I said, the first month, which it may be different now, I don't know, but I know that when I was there, this is kind of how it was set up, but the first month was all about instruction. And so what we would do is we would come in, we'd work set hours every day, and we would kind of go over what we were going to do for the day. We'd go into a room, we'd all sit together at a table, basically just do a bunch of film studies. You know, we would watch a lot of stuff, and then Ben and Jared would kind of be like, well here's what's happening in this scene and here's what the camera's doing here and here's what the director's doing here and here's how this is set up and here's how this is set up and then usually at the end of every day like we would go to lunch and then after we'd get back from lunch we'd get broken off into random groups like there was usually no set group it'd just be they'd either pick them or we would pick who we wanted to go with they would come up with exercises for us to apply what we had learned that day and so we'd spend all day learning, for example, like how to set up a shot and like the rule of thirds and stuff like that. So they'd figure out an exercise and they'd say, okay, well, you're going to go outside into town and you're going to film this building and you're going to set it up this way and let's see how you do. And so we'd break off into random groups and do that and then come back either that day or the next day and then just show them what we'd done and then Ben and Jared would kind of critique it and then kind of give us their thoughts on it after that and that's kind of how we learned and that's how we kind of refined what we were doing but then the second month was all just full-blown application like we learned what we needed to know practiced it and then that last month we break into set groups we'd get a big whiteboard and write all these ideas and like Ben or Jared would say you know what is um what's an issue in our community or what's something that sh you know should have light shown on it here in our community and basically people would just offer their ideas we'd write them all on a big whiteboard and then we'd just kind of narrow down what we wanted to do and then people would pick and choose which topic they wanted to go over and then that would become our topic for our documentary we made a 10-minute documentary each group made a 10-minute documentary and there were there were 12 of us and so there were like three groups or four groups so what was your topic our topic was actually it was body image the year I was there Jade Sloan and Dustin Hall were in my group and they were both I was actually the oldest one there when I was there actually because the, the way I got in that year was I actually applied like after the deadline I'm pretty sure but Ada was just you know trying to really get me in there and I got in but I was the oldest one there that year and so a lot of the interns were younger than me um, which kind of made it hard I think just because I like while we were both while we were all kind of into film I still like I don't know I felt like I couldn't maybe like connect with them entirely just because I was a few years older but you know Jade and Dustin were both really awesome and made our film on body image which is kind of a hard topic I feel like we kind of didn't really maybe we didn't kind of delve as deep into we didn't really focus on one particular thing like I mean I'm really proud of it and you know that was kind of the first real film that I ever did that got out there and like I'm really proud of it but obviously artists are never really fully content with their work I don't think but I do think that kind of we just maybe could have like maybe delved a little more into one specific thing because there's so many things with body image you know there's so many like I mean, you can get into kind of the mental side of it or, you know, the physical side and that kind of thing. And I feel like we kind of just did it as a broad thing and not so much one thing in particular. So I do kind of wish that maybe we would have done that. But I think it turned out well. You know, I think I'm proud of it. And then the other groups, too, I think you were actually in the one that the other group did the year I was there. It was the one about the pregnancy stuff, the natural birth. So, yeah. One thing to point out that is pretty impressive 
both Dustin and Jade are still working yeah. in this. Yeah. Yeah, they field. just. So yeah. That's a good thing, I think. It shows a real dedication and what a little bit of opportunity can do for someone and their mm -hmm. interest in something. Yeah. The difference, I guess, between AMI and working on a Hollywood film is in AMI, you wrote the script, you yeah. directed, shot, worked sound, lighting, mm -hmm. all that within those three people. For a Hollywood film, that's a little different. So yeah. do you like having more control or do you like having a set job? And Well... I mean, everybody thinks differently, but at least in my mind, I kind of—it's kind of—it's very similar to me because it's like the difference. You know, it's kind of like when we were working on the AMI film. It's like you said, you know, we, which that was a documentary, so we didn't do a whole lot of script writing, but we at least kind of thought how the story was going to go, and you know, to ask our questions. But it's like you know, yeah, you do have more control that way. But in my mind, at least with now that I'm working on this Hollywood stuff, it's very similar to me in the sense. I don't know if it's so much that it's just like I'm aware of like. No, I mean I'm not writing the script on this one, nor am I directing. But it's kind of like I'm still learning. It helps me to learn in a way because what can happen is I can look, you know, because it is something I'm interested in. I mean, I want to direct and write at least working on the Hollywood film, it's like I see the script and I see how it's written and I see, you know, I can look and say, whoa, this is how they did that or, you know, this is how they wrote that. And then it's cool because you can kind of, you know, see what the director does and see the choices he makes and think, well, oh, you know, I see why he did this or I see why he did that or why she did this because there's some awesome women directors too. And, you know, and you can just kind of see how people are doing it and see kind of their creative process and that's what makes it cool to me. And, I mean, at the end of the day, it's kind of like I feel like even if I'm not the one that's directing or I'm not the one that's writing or acting or whatever, I can say, hey, you know, I had a hand in that. Like, I helped to, when the finished product comes out and it's shown to people and people see it and they react to it, I can say, hey, you know, I helped to make that happen. So it's kind of cool. So do you have a specific genre that you hope to work in more often than others? I mean, I'm really into, like, horror movies and that kind of thing, but it, in, ter in terms of work, it's like where I'm just now starting out. I mean, beggars can't be choosers, so I'll take whatever I can get, you know. I mean, as long as it's going to help, you know, more than it'll hurt, I'll I'll just take what I can get. But I'm really into horror movies, and, I mean, this, this new show I'm working on, I'm not really allowed to talk details, but, I mean, it's kind of a... It's kind of a well-known studio. It's a good script, kind of a thriller. And I'm looking forward to that. I like stuff that like makes you think a little bit. Um, and then, you know, this one I worked on over the summer, it was, it's kind of like an action-slash-crime story thing, so it's kind of cool. Like, I like stuff that's kind of could potentially happen. You know, I like stuff that's kind of grounded in reality, I guess. You are listening to Mountain Talk Monday. Our guest is Harlan County native Austin Rutherford who has found his dream of working in the film industry. Now, this news. The international refugee crisis caused by people fleeing the war-torn Middle East has sparked some hot political rhetoric in the presidential campaign. But in the 12 refugee resettlement areas in Kentucky, Ohio, and West Virginia, many people who arrived here are thriving in their new homes. 
40 Syrian refugees are expected this month in Bowling Green, Kentucky, where more than 10,000 asylum seekers from around the world have settled over the last 35 years. Reporter Becca Schimmel found that some former refugees are not just starting new homes, they're starting new small businesses as well. In 2013, Wassam Asul opened Jasmine International Grocery, a small family-run store with sweets, religious items, and food from many countries. Asul walks across the street wearing a baseball cap to his new restaurant, Babylon. People chat and catch up at the counter as they order shawarma and falafel sandwiches. He's found a way to bring a bit of his home country's culture to Kentucky and create two businesses that have quickly become important to Bowling Green's international community. We have the, like our friends who are the, in the same time they are our customer. They help us, they encourage us. Asul says it wasn't easy starting a business here, but the community of refugees and other people in Bowling Green helped him succeed. In his native country, Iraq, Asul taught English until the U.S. war when he became a translator for the U.S. Army. The work made him and his family potential targets. Even his trips between home and work became hazardous, as kidnappers and assassins would strike translators or their loved ones during these daily routines. Some of my friends work like a translator has been killed or like kidnapped. Nobody has idea about them. It took two years before Asul got approval to move to America through a refugee resettlement program. He packed up and moved to Bowling Green with his wife and two daughters in 2010. His son was born in 2011. When Asul first got here, there weren't many jobs, so like many other refugees, he worked in a chicken processing factory. He then worked as a teacher's aide before deciding that he wanted to start his own business. Asul saw a need for other refugees to get the halal food that they were used to. Halal means food prepared in ways permissible under Islamic practices. They said they were suffering to get their what they like or what kind of food. Right now they said they are happy to have the same food here, even the price the same almost. Asul has found food is an important part of culture and identity for new arrivals in the country. He says even many children of refugees who grow up in America still prefer to eat the way their parents do. The grocery store isn't just a place to buy food. It's a place for people to keep in touch, find out whose family will be coming to America next, what events are being planned, and what's going on in the world. It's also a place where newcomers come to get help. I call it it's another international center. People keep coming to us, asking for help, how to go to doctor, how to buy cars or things, or to have a point with doctors. Sometimes we close our business to go with them or take them. And uh, even not just Arab people, people like from Somalia or from uh, Africa or from uh, Thailand, because we are maybe like, they are refugee. Although it's different living in America, Asul considers this home now and he says over time, the differences between people have disappeared. He likes the people and the safety he has here. I saw pe most of the people, they are nice. They keep, when you ask something, they help you. They keep smiling when see people, even they don't know, they keep smiling. And so most of the people, they, when they came here, they stay. Asul says he doesn't feel homesick for Iraq, but when he goes back to visit, he finds himself missing his home here in America. For the Ohio Valley Resource, I'm Becca Schimmel in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Ohio Valley Resource is made possible with support from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting and 
WMMT. You are listening to Mountain Talk Monday. Our guest is Harlan County native Austin Rutherford, who has found his dream of working in the film industry. So this has happened for you kind of fast because you worked with the movie over the summer and now you're going to be traveling Mm -hmm. to work with the television show. So it's almost like it spiraled from higher ground AMI to all Mm -hmm. of these things opening up these opportunities. Do you think that most kids that grow up here have access to these same opportunities or do you think that you were in a unique situation kind of saying um, I do think it is kind of a unique situation at least for me I mean because here's the thing it's like I definitely feel like this that this movie coming to Harlan and this opportunity lending itself here I feel like that was just a you know, very luck, like power higher than I thing that happened, right? Like I had, that was just, because I've been so into film for as long as I can remember. And I've always, that's always been my goal. And like, there's been a lot of opposition just because of the place and that kind of thing. And for a very long time, I'm like, well, you know, it's my goal to work in Hollywood and I want to work on Hollywood movies, but I'm never, ever, ever going to be able to make it to Hollywood, like not living here just because, you know, nothing bad about the place. I love this place, but it's just, you know, I just never really seen it as an opportunity that would present itself. But something happened, and it did, and I'm very, very thankful for it. I mean, I really am. I'm a spiritual person. I believe in God, and I feel like, I do feel like this movie and this kind of opportunity was a God-given thing. I mean, I think very big on sustainability and like making our community better as best we can and like I mean don't get me wrong there's no wrong way to do it I don't think I mean as long as your intentions are good and you got good people working on stuff and kind of all working toward a common goal I think it'll be fine but I think that like kids I'm very big on like telling children because there's something that I have noticed and it may be where I'm in the younger generation but it seems like people kind of starting around my generation and younger there's like this thing around here there's like this stimulus or something and it's kind of like if you are and this is not you know all the time but sometimes if you're younger and you're like a kid then like somewhere in your family somebody's like you know it's like what do you want to be when you grow up and it's like well i want to be president or i want to do this and they're like well you're not going to do that here you know and it's like you got coal mining or you going to be a nurse both are very very important don't get me wrong but at least with me i was kind of like i don't you know, what if I don't want to do that? Like, what if <laughs> like I don't really want to do that? And so, you know, and I know several other people that didn't want to do that either, you know, no offense to anyone, but that's the thing. You know, it's kind of like I think it's very, very important to instill in children at a young age. It's like if they want to be president, if they want to do something, then you just tell them they can do it. You know, you just say you can do whatever you set your mind to because what's going to happen people are going to get hurt they're going to get older and they're going to realize that stuff happens and life sucks sometimes you know they're going to think they're unstoppable and that's the thing is because and it'll give them motive and it'll give them ethic to just be like this is what i want to do i'm going to do it or i'm going to die trying and it's like if you can get more people to do that i think we'll be in good shape you know because that's going to turn into the next people who start their own business or the next people who you know make their own way and that kind of thing and 
film may not be for everybody, but like I said, there's a lot of way, you know, definitely a lot of jobs that kind of go into film and not so much the camera stuff or the acting or anything. It's all about networking, you know. I think it's all about just talking to people because I wouldn't have got this job on this show that I have now had I not just stayed in contact with some of the people I worked with over the summer, you know. And whenever we were kind of wrapping things up and getting ready to finish up, you know, in the summer, a lot of the people that I was talking to and that I worked with, you know, they were all kind of giving me advice on, you know, how to kind of keep the work flowing. That was their main thing, was they're like, you know, to stay in touch with people, you know, let them know kind of what you're doing, let them know. And that's important because obviously it's like if you stay in touch with people and, you know, you kind of talk to them, even if it's just a hello every now and then, they know like where you're at, what you're doing and that kind of thing. And even if there's not a job right then that they're needing help on, you know, somewhere down the line, they can say, well, I talked to so-and-so not long ago, and they're, you know, not working on anything. So let's get them. Yeah, and then they know you're sincere, too. Yeah, yeah. And, all, yeah, and all, yeah, I mean, it obviously, you know, the more you kind of stay in touch, the more they kind of know that you're serious and that you're interested. For myself, I've never – I've flown on a plane to Alaska mm-hmm. to play basketball when I was in high school. But as far as traveling myself, yeah. I've never seen the Mississippi River. So I've never been west of the Mississippi, mm-hmm. and I've been to Florida one time. Yeah. So I totally get what you're saying about I'll never make it to Hollywood. Because even as an adult, I'm going on 38 years old, and I have a full-time job. I don't know that I'll ever be able to afford a plane ticket yeah. to travel to California. In some ways, living here is a limitation but like you said if we consider self-motivation we don't know what might happen or what we might do so at this point do you feel like you may ever make it to Hollywood I mean I can hope so you know I worked here over the summer I worked here where I live and my work was 30 minutes away and then we actually went to Lexington three and a half hours away but I lived there for a month and worked down there you know, I've traveled some, but the way I see it is like I worked here over the summer. It's going into the fall now of the same year, and I'm going to South Carolina. And so, I mean, I'm getting to travel already. And, I mean, and, you know, sometimes, I mean, traveling, just because you're in a different location doesn't mean that it's any better than where you are, you know, because it's kind of like I'm not even opposed to doing another movie in Harlan if it were to come, you know. I mean, it's just... It's a foot, anything is a foot in the door, the way I see it, you know, because what's kind of cool is that working on different shows and working, movies are mostly referred to as shows, which is weird, but, you know, you kind of learn the lingo and stuff. But movies are referred to as shows, and then, like, shows are referred to as series, so it's kind of weird. But anyway, you know, this new series that I'm working on, that'll be cool because it's kind of like, one, I get to travel... I'm going to be in Charleston. I've never been there before in my life. I went to, like, Myrtle Beach, so maybe I've, like, been through there, but I've never actually been there. But now I'm going to get to live there for a month, so that's super cool. You know, looking forward to kind of, like, checking out the scenery and, you know, looking at everything while I'm there and then kind of maybe just seeing what all the fuss is about, you know, on weekends when I'm not working. And, you know, so it's cool. But I do think, I mean, most times the pay is decent. This is kind of on positions, depending on how big the budget is for the film, that obviously affects how much money goes into paying your crew and that kind of thing. But, I mean, I can hope that I kind of can, you know, kind of keep the work going and maybe keep finding some jobs, getting some money. And, I mean, 
if I have enough money, I may just travel out there sometime just to see what's, you know, going on. Everyone has told me on the movie, they said that pretty much getting into kind of the Hollywood thing is the hardest part. But then once you're in, you're in. Once you're in, that doesn't mean that you're... I've been, like I said, I've been very blessed and very fortunate that I've gotten this next job because, I mean, being a production assistant, you're kind of like starting out at the bottom of the... Yeah, you know, and it's not not degrading in any way, but it's just everyone's got to start somewhere, and you know, production assistant is kind of where you start at least, and then obviously, kind of the more experience and stuff you get under your belt, and the more shows you do, you can kind of maneuver around and eventually kind of end up where you want to work. You know, kind of what position you want to make your career out of. But the production assistants are very important. They're all very very important. You know, every. Pretty much every person involved is like, you know, they play a very intricate part in making stuff happen. But I mean, I do think I can go out there eventually. I definitely like to, but I'm 100% content with just working wherever I can up until that point. It's not that much different than a mining job. Yeah. You know, you start out in a lower position and work your way up to foreman or whatever. Yeah. It's like that in a lot of jobs, surveying mm -hmm. jobs. And before college was really accessible. I mean, that's the way most of our dads, I think, worked up to their positions yeah. and in their jobs. But I'm wondering if you think Harlan County will always be home base. I do think that Harlan will always be home for me. I mean, obviously there are... I've had a lot of stuff happen to me personally kind of around here. I mean, my parents are separated and I won't get into all that. But it's like I have had a lot of things happen here and I have had a lot of... I've had some bad stuff happen to me here, but I've also had a lot of good stuff happen to me here, you know, and I'm very, very, and I, you know, I'm not talking bad about anyone when I say this, but sometimes it's like when people kind of work in the film industry and sometimes whenever they, you know, get up there and notoriety and that kind of thing, gain some notoriety and celebrity, people tend to kind of get the big head. And I'm not talking about anyone in particular, but it's just you see that on, you know, on the news and stuff all the time. You see it in magazines all the time. And while I do think that's a pretty big misconception, I mean, I'm sure there are people that are like that. I was very fortunate on this show during the summer that everyone was just awesome and super helpful and super down to earth all the time. But in my mind, I don't feel like I'd be anything if it weren't for the people that helped to get me there. And it's like if I do continue to have success with all this film stuff and working in the film industry, I don't think I could get up and like say, well, oh, you know, I did all of this. You know, like I can't say that because there are so many people who either influenced me or motivated me or pushed me when I didn't want to be pushed to just keep my head up and keep trying to do what I want to do or, you know, taught me how to do something, and so I'm going to take that with me. So staying your way me. of giving back. That's kind of, I mean, at least long term, I think that's one of my goals is to just maybe, like, give back to some of the people that gave to me in one way or another. I mean, not even so much just, like, not even money-wise, just, you know, anything. Yeah, just by being there, so... I think I do want to do that eventually. I mean, I don't know to what capacity, but I mean, I would definitely like to do that somehow. Yeah. So let's talk about now your hobby, because we've got okay. about 10 minutes left. Okay. And it's interesting to me because there's so many things happening right now in mm -hmm. southeastern Kentucky that would not have been happening when I was a kid. 
So yeah. I think things are definitely changing and I think it's really youth driven. So we've got here in Harlan, Haunt Fest coming up. Mm-hmm. When is that? That is uh, October 15th, and it starts at 10 a.m., and it's going to be at the Harlan Center in Harlan, Kentucky. That is a lot of different things, obviously, centered mm-hmm. around horror, Halloween, in festival form. And you're going to be there yep. doing something pretty special. What are you going to do? I was asked by Earl McKinney, who is one of the, I think, founders of this local paranormal convention that's going to be happening here in Harlan in October. I was friends with him on Facebook, and I wasn't really even familiar with who he was. I'd never, you know, I don't know him personally. I've still actually never even met him in real life, but he added me on Facebook. He seen what my hobby was, and he reached out to me and was like, hey, I help out with this paranormal convention here in Harlan, and I've actually been to it. It's it's kind of, it's still growing. I mean, they've just started it a couple of years ago, so it's still kind of getting its footing, and it's really starting to gain some momentum now. But he just reached out to me. He was like, hey, you know, I've seen pictures of your mask that you make on your Facebook and was wondering if you'd be interested in maybe being an exhibitor at this convention that I helped to host. And so then I obviously was kind of like, well, I have no idea who this is, but now I realize that you help out with this. You know, you help out with this convention, and that's why you probably added me. But I make masks. I feel like I have a very, like, I won't say redneck, but, like, I have a very weird way of making it. Like, I, most people, just long story short, most people, the kind of the professional way to make a mask is that you make a mold of someone's head, you break that mold in half, you fill it up with liquid latex, which turns into rubber, which makes the mask, and then you cut the seams off to where there are no seams, and then you paint it, and it's done. But with me, I go to Walmart, and I buy craft foam sheets, and I cover them in toilet paper, and cover them in latex, which is kind of a, I know of many other people that do it, but it's kind of like this mask making or special effects makeup on a budget which just living in a county and in a state that's kind of poverty stricken it's kind of like you have to just get what you can get and so really into horror movies really into mask I just make like Halloween mask out of foam and then you can spray it with like Mod Podge spray and it will like or Mod Podge whatever it is something some kind of sealer, but you spray this stuff, and after it dries, it's kind of like foam rubber, so that's kind of cool. But going to be at Scarefest, I'm going to be coming home like the day before, and then heading to Scarefest, or Hauntfest in Harlan, October 15th, it opens up at 10 a.m., I'm going to have a booth there with some of my mask, as well as some prop stuff that I've made, so if you're into that, or maybe interested in kind of like how that's done, be sure to come on out. Um, and also, I got asked to uh, Jeremy Ambler, who is a guest, who he was a walker uh, two times on The Walking Dead. You know, I watched The Walking Dead. A walker is basically just their name for their zombies. But this guy, he lives in West Virginia. He's like an actor, and he was a featured extra on The Walking Dead, like for zombie featured zombie. And I'm going to be doing some zombie makeup on him. And then once I finish his makeup, they're going to be doing like a photo shoot with him in his makeup. So if you want like a photo op with one of the walkers from The Walking Dead, be sure to come on out 
and it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's really cool, and there's another opportunity to talk to someone in the business, too. Yeah, yeah. Just because this guy's been having a convention because he thought he could, and sure, he could yeah. have it here. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really, to me, I have three children, so to me, raising them here looks a little better yeah. when I find these things out. Yeah. Because I realize that they can decide to do something and still stay home and also have fun. While yeah. We're home. Um, yeah, and you know, and if you can find stuff that you're into, it's never really work. I mean, yeah, right. Stuff you love. So, for the one final thing, what would you say? And I know you, you said that you would really encourage kids to hold yeah. on to the dream, do what you want to do. But other than that, what would you tell anyone coming up here? I would just say do not ever let anyone let you feel like you are not good enough to do anything. Like I would say that because, well, we live in a world where people are mean and people suck sometimes and life sucks sometimes and be aware that there are going to be times where stuff is going to happen and it's going to suck and it's going to hurt really bad, but just do not give up. Like keep going, keep doing what you want to do. If you're an artist and you do art and someone tells you that your art sucks, make more of it. You know, make more art to make them, I mean, make them mad. Like, you know, do it to make them mad, if anything, because it's kind of like as long as you find a way to express yourself, no matter what that is, you are going to be happy in life. It's that simple. You know, it's like if you find a way to that you're expressing yourself, no matter what it is, if you want to be an artist and be an artist if you want to be something that nobody else would ever want you to be then be it because as long as you're happy that's all that matters at the end of the day no one else's opinion is going to matter it's going to be what you think of yourself you know which obviously what other people think of you is important too but if you do that and you are the way you are and you're yourself and you're faithful to being yourself and just try very very hard you're going to go big places if anyone is listening that would like to get in touch with you about your mm -hmm. mass or your skills and work, how, mm -hmm. how best should they reach you? You can find me on Facebook just as Austin Rutherford, and I, I mean, I'm pretty good about, like, checking my Facebook, and so I can kind of maneuver around if somebody reaches out. I do have an effects page. It's not been updated in a very long time, but I actually do have an effects page on Facebook, and it's just called, like, Wicked Effects. And then the profile picture is kind of like this white background with like some text on it. And so you can kind of figure out to make sure that's it. But, you know, I post some of my mask and some of my work and stuff on there. I'm on Instagram. If anybody's interested in that kind of thing, I'm 100% down, you know, if I can to kind of help people. Kind of, I'll, I'll do everything I can to tell you what I know, at least. And, I mean, my way might, may not be the best way, but, I mean, it's certainly one way to kind of go about uh you know making stuff and doing stuff so and if you're into it then you know i'll do everything i can to try to kind of help you figure it out so you can do it too that's what we need to do i think all of us if we had that attitude would be doing a lot of great things i appreciate you coming out to talk mm -hmm. to me today i wish you all the success in your series and success that's it for this edition of Mountain Talk Monday. I've been your host, Kelly Haywood. Be sure to go to Harlan on October 15th to see Austin Rutherford at HauntFest. Find Austin and HauntFest on Facebook. We'll provide links on the WMMT website. 
where you can also listen again to this show. Catch us as a podcast also on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. From us here at WMMT, thanks for listening. Mountain Talk strives to provide an opportunity for everyone in our diverse audience to speak out about issues of importance to us all. We welcome your calls and suggestions for upcoming shows. To discuss a topic for a future Mountain Talk or to be a guest host yourself, please contact WMMT. Phone 606-633-0108 or you can write us at 91 Madison Avenue, Whitesburg, Kentucky 41858 or email us at WMMTFM at appleshop.org and appleshop is spelled A-P-P-A-L-S-H-O-P Thank you. Ever have a question that just nags at your brain? Why is there a siren that goes off in Whitesburg every day at 4.30? Is the city water in my area safe to drink straight from the tap? How do people in my town really feel about gun violence? Can I make money farming and still live in the mountains? You wish there was someone to ask, or that you'd happen upon the answer in social media or the news. Well, now you don't have to wait for serendipity. WMMT's Public Affairs Newsroom is offering a way for your questions to become the topics that we report on. It's called Central Appalachia Wonders, (laughs) C-A-W. Just go to our website at www.mmt.org slash C-A-W. Then submit your question, and you might well hear the answer right here on WMMT. Dedicated to real stories, real news, and Real People Radio. This is WMMT. We want to know what you're wondering, so call at us today. (coughs) WMMT.org slash C-A-W.